Hello and welcome everyone to today's news tonight, the weeknight news show where we're joined by special guests and our lovely patrons to discuss the day's gaming news. I'm your host, Derek Bittner, and I'm joined as always by my good friends and GVG co-founders, Ash Polson and Steve Bowling, along with our very special guests, Isla Hink of the Easy Allies, as if it wasn't obvious enough. You got the branding on point there, Isla. <laughs> yeah. Isla, but yeah. Isla. 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 Oh my god, tricky. I am so sorry. Isla. It's a silent S. The Scots love to put in random letters in, in names. <laughs> just just think yeah. island. And then right. Island. Yeah, island. But then That's, don't yeah. think Isla Nublar from Jurassic Park, because then the S comes back. So. Hang you, uh, Jurassic Park, right. throw me off. There we go. Isla. Isla. Yeah. Oh my god. Don't feel bad. Well, I thoroughly embarrassed myself right at the no, beginning. No, no, I apologize. You're right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> Dude, we're oh, GVG. Goodness. ourselves is what we do. You know GVG out of context. We're, that's what we do, man. We're always, yeah. yeah. It's all I feel, good. I feel, I feel more embarrassed about getting somebody's name wrong than I am about the, the <laughs> Game Gear out of context thing that happened over right, the weekend. Right, nice. <laughs> right, I, right. I do have to say, you know, Isla is not the first Easy Ally to appear, but this is the first appearance of the Easy Ally studio on the show. Yes. Yeah. Which is very cool That's to cool. see. Back in, last, well, nearly back in full operation, it sounds like. Yeah, last minute, last minute audible, I had to come down here because the air conditioner is broken, and the only time the air conditioner repair people could come was sometime between an hour ago and allegedly from an hour from now. So if I suddenly answer my phone and run away, <laughs> that's what's happening, but I'll come right back. But that's why I'm here. Otherwise, I'd be from my house. Nice. Well, no worries no worries you, you give us an air of professionality now yeah right <laughs> and air, air conditioning is just a little bit important uh i think you were saying isla before we talked you were saying it was like 90 degrees um, in the studio last, i or... was shooting in here for like four hours a couple of days ago and it got to like almost 90 degrees. oh right now, god like that's 84 or something it's pretty bad oh that takes me back to my old apartment uh because it only had an air uh window unit and oh, if I had to record it, it was so loud. If I had to record anything, that thing had to be shut off. So streaming, any type of recording, nope. It was time to boil myself, and it sucked. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know that feeling. <laughs> uh, before we go too far, though, it is a Monday. And as always, we are sponsored by the absolutely wonderful Game Orb. Uh, the Game Orb is a fledgling channel that has focused mostly on Nintendo content until recently. While they're still running Let's Plays of Nintendo games like Splatoon 2 and Super Mario 3D All-Stars, going forward, they'll also be covering games on the Xbox Series X, like Portal Still Alive, as part of a new daily upload schedule. Uh, so be sure to subscribe to the Game Orb at the link in the description. And let's get them to... Ooh, we're, we got 250 last time, last week. We're at 281. We are so close to getting them to 300. Let's so, get the Game Orb to 300, everybody. Let's, let's show let's, them the power and the love of the GVG community. Absolutely. Let's Heck get yeah. them to 300. It's just and, 19 uh, more folks. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, and but as uh, always, they are in the chat too. pin yeah. both and, links in the chat. <laughs> they are a very generous sort as well because they want to promote their friend's YouTube channel, Galactic Reaper. And as Ash said, you can find the links in both the description and pinned at the moment. So, yeah, thank you so much, Game Orb, and love all the support uh, to them. I, I think I, I love how we can just keep raising them up and get them bigger and bigger. So that's awesome. Yeah, let's yeah. let's get into the three hundred, then eventually four hundred, five hundred, a thousand, then the world. The yeah. world. <laughs> eventually, we'll make them bigger than us. Yes, exactly. <laughs> then you'll have 
you'll have to then you'll have to sabotage him a little bit. Get yeah, a little bit. It's like, <laughs> hey, <laughs> um, this worked a little too well. You want to yeah, come yeah. back? <laughs> I love this. Too. I love this. Claxon in the chat says uh, Reggie voice. And if you haven't subbed to them yet, what's wrong with you? <laughs> exactly. Hey, Axcon, just subbed. Thank you so much, Axcon. Oh, that's awesome. Let's drive those subs up for the Game Warp. Thank you all so much. Absolutely. All right. Uh, well, with that said, welcome to a brand new week. How how's, was everybody's weekend? How are you feeling, Steve? Because you were under the weather last time. Yeah. Thank um, you for running the show again because, God, that was a nice, that was scary. <laughs> that, welcome to my world. Running streams is, is not you, easy work. You make it seem easy. No, you make well, it thank seem you. easy. I, I appreciate you that. Do, I'm glad I was missed. Um, no, I was, I was very terrified. So for those of you that don't know, I missed Friday's show, but I was actually sick on Wednesday's show. And I was just hiding it. Um, my, I, I went down, I told Derek on Wednesday night after the show, I was like, you know what? I don't feel very good. I'm just going to crash. And <laughs> the next morning I woke up and I had a fever of 102. I was just, Ugh. and I got, you know, naturally very concerned. I'm fully vaccinated, but I still got really worried. And so I went down and got a COVID test and they were like, yeah, of course you don't have COVID. You had your second shot a month ago, but uh, you know, better safe than sorry. I've got a lot of kids. I obviously want to make sure they're safe, but, uh, this, uh, patient zero was my son. And so he, he gave me whatever he had and it just hit me a lot harder because I'm not six. <laughs> and so yeah. I don't bounce back as easy. And, uh, yeah, I, so I spent... he's going to physical school now. Uh, yeah, he will, he will uh. be going to, uh, so he's on summer break, but he starts school up again, but he, this was like his parting gift from kindergarten they're like have, have a horrible <laughs> sickness and uh they're like give it to ah, your dad kids. it'll be fine um and then uh yeah over the so i spent friday just resting i was in bed pretty much all day friday and i wouldn't say that i'm fully back to normal but i'm operational again <laughs> and uh that's that's a good thing i got to see my friend from colorado over the weekend i just kept him at a safe nice. distance <laughs> um and uh you know, just just played games, ate food, enjoyed my weekend. It was pretty pretty nice, chill time. Bought a new couch. Uh, you know, adult things, things we get excited yeah, for oh, past exactly. the age nice. of thirty. I was like, ooh, a sofa's here. Um, nice. But yeah, good good weekend overall. And playing playing a game I can't yet talk about, but I can't wait to talk about more with you, Derek. <laughs> mm. <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> Completely get that. Um, well, I know Asher's starting to feel a little under the weather as well, so hopefully. You do not get oh. what sick, uh, Steve had. I don't know how he would have transferred it. But <laughs> I was like, get me off this call. I was like, I can get out of here. I'm leaving. <laughs> no, right? No, no, I don't think I'm contagious. I had a really bad stomach bug on Sunday that kept me in bed most of the day. I was just like doubled over in pain. Uh, fortunately, I'm feeling a little better today. Still not 100%, but I'm still, I'm feeling better. But I don't think I'm contagious. Nothing like that. It was, mine was a stomach thing. So, mm. uh, I don't know. The The universe seems to have it out for G GVG's health right now. I don't know. <laughs> the, or at least GVG I members' health right now. I refuse to get sick before E3. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> well, that's, I'm getting it my system now. That's why. I'm getting ah, the stomach bug out of my system now prior to E3. Um, speaking of E3, which we'll be talking about, I did get my media registration confirmed today, which I oh, think... Oh, we got, we got yeah. things to talk <laughs> about regarding that. that. <laughs> <I'm sure. laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, uh, our patrons will know I took care of a few Patreon posts over the weekend regarding our next weekly discussion and such, and I'm actually uh, just still chipping away at... Uh, well, I finished like one of the toughest challenges in Sackboy, A Big Adventure, over the weekend, which was nice. I basically 100%ed basically it. Not quite, but just devoured that game. Loved it. 
And uh, then I'm actually just uh, trying to play a little Ratchet and Clank PS4 with the performance patch on PS5 just to get ready for Rift Apart because I'm hyped for it as well. So, uh, yeah, good times. Yeah. What about you, uh, Isla? What have you been up to? Oh, what have I been up to? Uh, we were Damiani and I were in the studio the other day. Uh, it was the first time I'd seen any of the other allies in person in a year and a half. And we were getting everything ready for E3 because we're coming back here on the 10th uh, for the kickoff gaming, what have oh, you. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. going to be gnarly. Um, early morning <clears throat> call times again, everybody in person. It's just, it almost feels like E3. Um, so that was that was pretty cool, taking care of that. Um, what have I been playing? I was, I've been playing Miitopia. Nice. Like, shockingly not terrible i don't know i think I mean, it's, it's a fun. fun little game <laughs> it's stupid as hell but it's yeah it's, it's fun. <laughs> yeah but, you know um, uh one of the i benefit from having like a gigantic family uh mm-hmm. i have four kids and so wow, my Metopia okay. party is my whole actual family and it's really i love it. it it's it honestly is a lot more fun than i expected i'm enjoying That's the really hell out cute. of it yeah i just got to the castle which is like the second area um Nice. But yeah, oh, with like, the fat king. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah. Although it's just like dealing with, because I came out publicly like a, two weeks ago, week a week ago on the twenty eighth, whenever that was. So I've mostly been dealing with that, which is <laughs> right. pretty good so far. So that's good. I, I'm I am very glad to hear that. Yeah, and congratulations yeah. again, by the way. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Thank that is. You. Quite awesome, but I suppose we should probably get Actually, to the news because we tend to go long in general. Oh, yeah, before sorry, that, thank really you. Really quick. Yeah, just um, a couple people in our live audience chat, Rob Armanex and Michael Foner, saying that, Isla, your audio is pretty quiet. Oh, my God. I can move um, closer, too. My mixing board is in the other room, and I'm here alone. Yeah. So <laughs> okay. I can move it closer or go in there if it needs to be. That sounds pretty good. Thing. Or you could little yeah, better, boost at least. me in Discord, or is it too late for that? No, I can boost you. Has... So I boosted you in Discord, but I got I got more tricks up my sleeve. <laughs> All uh, right. Well, me let me know. A... I can go in the other room and make myself louder too. Give me it... give me just a sec here. I'm doing some Not quick sure which mic this on is. the fly audio mixing. <laughs> Three, Let's... I think. In the meantime, uh, Jaden Buck, thank you very much for the $10 donation, says, if you guys were were to put up your own studio for GVG, would it be three individual mini studios within your homes or one full studio where where you would all meet? It would have to be the mini studios. Yeah, as much as I would love having us all together in one place, it's just not possible because we're just scattered. I'm in L.A., you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're, we're all in different places, unfortunately, and, uh, but... God, I'd love to because I have been to the Easy Allies studio several times uh, yeah. for, for collaborations, and I love that studio. Co- recording in a collaborative place with other people in the same room is so much nicer than it's having to really do it over nice. Discord. Yeah, it's so. I wish we could, but unfortunately, just the reality is that we're all in three separate places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, and I don't think any of us are going to be able to, to move. <laughs> yeah, I've long dreamed about having like a studio similar to what Easy Allies has, um, but I've kind of settled into the idea that if and when I do build a studio, it'll it'll just be at home. And I would I would definitely love to have the ability to host other people within that space. But yeah, there's never going to be like a GVG home office, as it were, unfortunately. But no. yeah, we'll make you I- feel at home when you're here. <laughs> exactly. Hey, you've already been in Steven's uh, Ash's tub, so there you go. Yeah, that's, that's hey, about as homie as you be, can get. 
Um, I do have an update on that front, uh, on the tub front of all things. Um, <laughs> I am shooting for uh, July to when I will be able to go visit Ash in L.A. And, and we'll do an episode of TNT from his place. So right. look forward to that. Um, I'm still putting the particulars of that trip together because it requires lots of liquor and an Airbnb. So, you know, <laughs> it'll How be is a, a good tub time. involved? How is a tub involved in that? We've, um, we've made so some long story short uh <laughs> long story short we had a, a that a, we t- did a topic on the uh the whole tub situation on twitch the hot tub and, thing yeah yeah and steve was sort of incredulous about the whole uh thing about it being you know <laughs> like why right. is that a thing and then our lovely uh fans <laughs> people I, who watch us uh decided you know what we're gonna donate enough so steve next time you uh do tnt you're gonna do it from the tub your tub <laughs> Yeah, so I we did. Our audience we're, we're fully clothed. We're fully clothed, but um, absolutely, I love that. So yeah. we've actually since then gotten a few donations, several donations, in the amount of sixty nine dollars, sixty nine dollars and sixty nine sure, cents. Sure, sure, sure. Stuff, As you will. So, so Steve did a tub stream. It was called Wet Steve Wednesday, and then I did one <laughs> last week, which was called Wet Ash Wednesday. And then Derek, I believe tomorrow you're doing Derek. Drittner, well, Wednesday. Right? Wednesday. Sorry, not tomorrow. Yeah. So well, I'm up next is your tub stream and it's been a thing. People seem to really love it. I don't get why, but I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to turn it down. If I love you want to see nope. me in a tub, I'll do it. So it is. You're right. But I will never use that frozen two branded grape bubble bath soap again. That shit gave, gave me a real ass headache. It was Ooh. so gross. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I can't handle Awful. like artificial scents like that. It's too intense. It was and that, really bad. And it's and those kid ones are just so overpowering. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh. Um, uh, real quick though, before yeah. we uh, jump into the news, uh, Axcom with another two, <clears throat> with a two dollar donation saying uh, Remu for Smash Fighter Ami Spirit and Music, Remu. Remu Remu Hakure. I've heard. I've seen her name floating around. What is she from? She's actually a pretty highly requested. Oh, she's from Toho. Toho oh, Toho. Oh, okay. I never played Toho. around oh. a lot as a smash. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. But I know that people. I always thought that was all fan made stuff. Really I didn't realize that was uh, legit. I... It was created by someone specifically, and kind of fans have had free license to do what they want with it. Oh, okay. Which is a cool right. thing to do. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Cool. It, seems like, it seems like kind of a Miku type situation, right? I, I'm not super up on Toho, but it does seem similar to the the Vocaloid aspect of fans having basically free reign to create original content using the Vocaloid characters. But I'm sure Toho fans out there can tell me if I'm wrong about that. Yeah. Well, in the meantime, uh, let's go ahead and jump into our news topics. And our first story today, uh, we need to get into the why of Sonic. (laughs) It's a complex issue. Yeah, Yeah. it is a very complex issue. In this case, it's the why Sonic Colors was chosen for the remaster in this case. Uh, This comes from a Spanish interview and was translated uh, by Abel uh, Linkabel, otherwise known as Abel Munez Jr. on Twitter. And basically, just in the most succinct manner, um, it was chosen because new and younger fans have been increasing since Mania Forces and Team Sonic Racing, and especially since the big success of the movie, which is why the movie bonuses are in the game. Uh, they feel like Colors is the ideal Sonic game to start with for new fans, and the game sold well, well and was a success already on the Wii and DS, but it's not available on current consoles. And then the new features were added to help beginners play the game, which they b- believe they're referring to the fact like the Tails Rescue option. Uh, now so um 
So, yeah, yeah. that's uh, I mean, it all makes sense. It's not like it's major breaking news or anything like that. But it's, it's, it's kind of interesting to see a bit more thought into why they chose colors. Yeah, I, I, I mean, of course, it doesn't matter what I think about, you know, Sega's decision because I'm not getting paid to make them. But I, I do kind of take issue with the idea that Sonic Colors is the best game to start with for new fans. I don't. I mean, and I like Sonic Colors. I'm not talking shit about it. It's a great game. I just thought about Sonic, Sonic Colors ever? specifically. Yeah, like why Colors specifically? What, like what makes it better than Generations, for example, to start, you know, with a, as a new Sonic fan? I guess it doesn't really, it doesn't, not predicated on previous levels or knowledge of previous games, although you don't really have to have that to enjoy Generations either. So mm. I'm no, just kind of but... wondering why Colors is ideal, but it's still a great game. So whatever. Colors also, I mean, Colors also keeps it simple. It's Sonic, True. Eggman, and Tails. That's, That's true. No knuckles. And no. With, yeah. with generations, you have all the uh, other characters that have popped in That's over, a good over point. time. And colors is also mostly two D. It's not a hard game. It's pretty. It's a pretty quick uh, thing. It's uh, and as I said, I do buy the whole thing. It's never been uh, outside of you know the Wii and DS. Having it on right. more consoles is something people have wanted for quite a while. So it's fulfilling that aspect. Um, I, how do you feel about Sonic? <laughs> I love Sonic. I don't think I've ever played any of the 3D ones, though, except for the uh, oh. All-Stars Racing Transformed, which is You're great. in luck. Colors Great-y is mostly 2D. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. Yeah. But, I mean, like, I grew up playing, because I only had a Genesis, so I played a lot of Sonic. Um, mm. And then Mania was really, really good. But I should probably check out Colors, I guess, like and, and Generations and all these other. Which one's the one that everyone thinks is really, really terrible? Sonic 06. Sonic 06 and Shadow the Hedgehog to a slightly lesser degree. Shadow has its fans to a degree. Um, But Sonic 06 is the one that, yeah. Yeah, Sonic 06 and... With the the whale or the dolphin or whatever? Yeah, it's adventure. Oh, that's adventure. No, 06 also has the whale. There's so many (laughs) Sonics. The whale became kind of a recurring character somehow. Okay, okay. Like, I love that. Adventures, you should go back and check out Adventure, because even though it hasn't aged well gameplay-wise, I mean, it definitely shows its age, and it's, it's quite glitchy and everything. It's still very much of its era, and charming as all hell. And okay. I don't know, it, it's, it's very much a product of its era, Dreamcast launch game, cutscenes that take themselves way too seriously, but in a really fun way. Honestly, like, yeah, I, I would go back to it to at least adventure and check it out. But that's yeah, yeah, solid Colors Dreamcast vibes, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. But Colors is great. You should check that out. As Derek said, it is mostly 2D. Mm-hmm. Uh and personally the one I would recommend to check out is Sonic Generations. That's like okay. half 3D, half 2D. But this Generations is, is just a great one. game across the board. Great. Yeah. Sweet. Ge- yeah. I got my work cut out. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying I got my work cut out for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's so a, many Sonic games. I, I would say if you're it, all colors make sense to me because it is probably one of the best 3D 3D Sonic games. <laughs> um, and, and it it's a good example of how modern Sonic can be in a game that's fun, which sounds overly cynical, but it's I mean, he's got a really spotty track record at this point. <laughs> It does, yeah. but it's also just fun. Like the the lines from Eggman during as you're going through levels and the, the for the whole inter, uh, interstellar amusement park are some of the funniest lines he's ever had. Um, and it, it, they keep it kind of simple. It's it's again, it's a pared down thing. It has a really funny script, and it's just I don't know. 
it felt like them testing the waters on what they wanted to do with this new new boost gameplay. It's like, all right, people like the boost gameplay of, of Unleashed, and we want to make a whole game out of that, but it's going to be only on the Wii. And that was it was gorgeous on the Wii. So I think it getting it's a great uh, looking Wii game. Like I think that's good. So we'll um, BJ Bovia in the YouTube chat says, "I feel sorry for any kid who got in with forces." Yeah, mm. don't, don't bother with Sonic Forces. It's that that's for hardcore fans only because it's not a very good game. It's just yeah. <laughs> they need to get a more very, recent very game ab- in there. <laughs> average. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> well. I am not sure how to transfer over to this one, but <laughs> let's say don't steal kids. That's our lesson for today. <laughs> that's, that's no good. Nice. So an artist is suing Capcom over stolen art that was discovered in Resident Evil 4 as well as Devil May Cry games. Um, and it is uh, not looking good for Capcom looking at the evidence they present. Um so, uh, designer Judy A. Jurisek filed her initial complaint in a Connecticut court on Friday, and in it, she alleged that Capcom used photos from her copyrighted book, Surfaces, in multiple games, including Resident Evil 4, Devil May Cry, and other uh, other Capcom games. And it's a collection of 1,200 photographs of textures that she photographed herself. Uh, the book is intended to be used for visual research for artists, architects, and designers, and was originally published back in 1996. It also came with a collect- uh, collection of, of CD-ROM of the images, uh, but she also says she requires people to license those images from her for commercial use by, co- uh, by contacting her directly. And Capcom never contacted them. And uh, they again, the background of the Resident 4, Evil 4 logo... I don't know if you have it up there, uh, Steve, but it is exact. It is exact. I I don't have it up there, but I have a theory on what happened here. Um, I'm not going to go full MatPat on you. It's not about Mario being a murderer (laughs) or something like that. But um, I am going to bet that what comes out is that Capcom uh, has some type of agreement with some third party that provides them with assets that they can use for textures and games mm. and that that party has either inappropriately licensed or the artist is not aware that they have licensed this content. And so there's going to be some intermediary we're not aware of yet. Uh, mm-hmm. And they're going to say, oh, well, we licensed it from these people and your dispute then should be with them, you know, <laughs> uh, because I have I, I just find it really hard to believe if it was one game. I, it would be very plausible to me, but uh, the artist alleges and and seems to have some pretty convincing proof uh, that their assets are used in multiple Capcom games spanning a number of years. And I just yeah. find it really hard to believe that someone's like, all right, get that person's book again and we're going to steal some right, pictures right, from it. Right, right. <laughs> you know, like mm. over over that protracted of a period of time. I figure it's that they have some kind of relationship with some middleware or third party provider that gives them access to stuff like this. And they just, you know, by, by happenstance have chosen this artist's work multiple times, probably because it's excellent work, but, um, right. It could also, yeah, it it could also just be a simple case of, of ignorance here. Uh, the, the article, the the polygon article also talks about how Jurisex said she requires people to license images from her for commercial use by contacting her directly. And it is possible that that the folks at Capcom, you know, responsible for sourcing this book just didn't realize that or didn't didn't just miss the memo on that. I, I would like to believe that it wasn't on purpose and I don't believe that it was malicious. I, I don't think so. I 
And it's possible they just didn't know, but at the same time, that seems like common sense. So I have it's issues hard to say. with the ignorance plea on like because mm-hmm. it's not like it's one person at Capcom that makes these decisions, you know. And Capcom is a hugely successful corporation, and so right. they know that when they use another artist's work in one of their products that they have to work with that artist and license the work like capcom is very well aware that that's just how things work uh you know they're very well aware that they have to you know if they want fucking t lopes to make a song they know that they have to go to t and and get you know his his they have to license the music uh you know it's just and and capcom companies like capcom have teams of lawyers that this is their whole job to uh make sure that they don't get sued later down the road well, and, and textures and, yeah. are such a murky, like thing, because gra- doing graphic design, I'm sure you guys know, like there are so many times where you just need some kind of texture to like funk up a, a logo or something, and sure. like you go to Pexels or something and Google, or you Google like free texture, and you just kind of like grab something and throw it on there, and you like cursorily look to make sure that it's free for public and commercial use, you know, and like a lot of those websites lie. I think and like so I think mm-hmm. Steve I think your theory about like a third party is probably a good one. The 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 weird thing the sticking point for me is that the CD came out in t- in 1996. So mm. that to me means that probably so many sites and services have disseminated that the textures from that CD-ROM so long ago that a lot of people just yeah put these textures all over and like nobody know- knew where they were coming from maybe like but I mean, either yeah. way, if Capcom Capcom's a big dog, so like they're gonna have to pay this artist, probably. Right. You know, it's uh, really uh, it's, it's being mentioned in the uh, <clears throat> patron chat, uh, but it was also in this Polygon article. Um, thanks to the um, you know Capcom's data breach, that, uh, the right. whole ransomware mm-hmm, thing, mm-hmm. Um, even some uh, high high resolution images of the art of the artwork used in the uh, games came to the surface and the file names for at least one of the images from that Capcom hack fi- hacked files is the same file name as those used in the surface's CD-ROM. The metal texture that li- just... was labeled ME009. So that's just yeah. the ending. And, and like, I mean, that's, that's, that's the kicker gun, for yeah. me. <laughs> like the kicker for me is, and I'm glad this came to the surface because, you know, this, this artist deserves to have her payday, you know, assuming she's in the, in the right. And I, the evidence certainly points in that direction. I just can't, but you know, the kicker for me is that this at least partially surfaced because of the Giga Leak. And so, God, mm-hmm. talk about that Giga Leak screwing Capcom over in more ways than the oh, obvious way. Just again and like, again. Yeah. Jeez, man. I, I, the more, the more I think about it, though, I think what Ilo was saying earlier was right. They, you know, 1996, the internet was the Wild West. Mm-hmm. I mean, people just uploaded whatever, you know, to, right. to, AOL <laughs> just remember <laughs> AOL uh yeah and so yeah there's probably a, a very real possibility that those files in in 1996 were ripped from that CD uploaded to the internet and over the ensuing decades people just forgot where the hell they came from and they got up you know yeah. shared and re-uploaded so many times that Capcom possibly didn't know, you know, that they originated from a book. They they might have, like Isla said, done a quick Google for a texture, and it's being, you know, presented as, oh, this is free for use because no one remembers where it came from in the first place anyway. 
And right. this artist just happened to realize all this. But I, I but agree I, the I, artist should have a payday coming from someone. Right. I'm trying to think through, like, let's say this goes to court or mediation or whatever. And, like, I'm trying to think through the, the process of Capcom's lawyers trying to explain that and being like, yeah, we just grabbed it off the Internet. It's not our fault, whatever. And then she's like, she would have free reign to just be like, well, it's mine. Like, pay me now. Mm-hmm. You know, quick aside too about that the wild west era of the internet one of my favorite mm-hmm. songs of that era was called kick-ass violin solo and every it was circling around on kazaa or limewire or something but it was a, it was credited to apex twin mm-hmm. but i found out like oh. 20 years later that it wasn't apex twin i don't remember who it was but it's it's good look it up <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I think i remember that i yeah i remember that title it's and a good I think song I can't even think of it yeah it is there was similarly what a uh, Zelda song that was popularly oh, yeah. credited to System of a Down, and it totally just was not that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. It, yeah, I mean, every single yeah. music parody was uh, credited to Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah, yeah right. for sure. I, I remember there being one like, uh, like no, I'm not even gonna say it. It's just like, like way out of his wheelhouse and not uh, as a you know. Weird Al make sure not to insult anybody. <laughs> and for this sure. one, this parody did not do that. <laughs> he always punches up, for sure. Yeah. Um, you know what kind of adds an interesting angle or wrinkle to this story, though? And this is something else is also mentioned in the Polygon AC's article. And... I'll be right back. Oh, oh go sure. for it. Yeah. Go for it. Um, this was mentioned in the Polygon article and pointed out by a few people in chat. But Capcom was also accused recently again of copying a Dutch filmmaker named Richard Rockhorst with a monster design in Resident Evil Village. This just happened, and wow. Rob Horst found out about the allegedly stolen design after fans contacted him about one of the characters from his film, Frankenstein's Army, being the basis for Village's, Village's propeller-headed bad guy, Sturm. And I, I remember when this came out a couple of weeks ago, and I looked, and I mean, the the resemblance is obvious. And of course, I'm not going to go so far as to, to accuse Capcom of doing that, but it sure looks pretty damning, and... It's weird that those two things, this and that, are happening so close together. And it doesn't paint a pretty picture, necessarily. I mean, a lot of these folks, you know, I mean, well, everything we do is informed by the things we see and experience in our lives, right? And it's very probable, even, that the folks that are working on games like Resident Evil are going to watch a bunch of horror films, you know? Right. And so they might, you know see that and go yeah something similar would be good and make their own take on it or whatever um yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely their own take because it's it, the core idea is there and I've, i gotta say that was one of the more original f- fights in that <laughs> that i saw in that game um mm-hmm. pretty great too um it also had the extra detail that because of the propeller spinning and the, it being kind of an idiot it chopped its own arms off so <laughs> and that thing clearly has arms so does. Now I know what we're talking about. Yeah, that was pretty one to one. Those monsters. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Resident Evil one... Village thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's just kind of weird. That, 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 but you know, it's it's true that obviously, yeah, people who make the RE games would naturally be watching a lot of horror films. Maybe there is just a a you know subconscious inspiration there. But it does right. look really similar. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't arms, hurt that. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't help that you know the. Uh, that whole section was kind of Frankenstein inspired with all the enemy designs. So, right. Oh, well <laughs> it happens. It's a very weird situation. Uh, I have a feeling this woman's going to get her. I believe it's 12 million. She sued for um, 12 or 20 bas- something. Let me see here. 
Uh, yeah, twelve million in damages. Million. Uh, for and it's twenty five hundred to twenty five thousand for each uh, for each used uh, photograph. So oh, that's surprisingly modest, given. Yeah, that is pretty modest. Oh, hey, I want twelve million bucks. Don't get me wrong, but that's still surprisingly modest for the scope of what we're talking about here. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I mean, Capcom might secretly be happy about that because it does seem like they're going to have to pay up here. Um, Juan makes a great point in our live audience chat, though. But you know what Capcom series never steals are from anybody? Mega Man. There you have it, folks. Mega Man, better than uh, Resident Evil, confirmed. Now, I had to well, say that. Thank you for that one. Of course you did. But before we move on... <laughs> Uh, we have Claxon with a $9.99 donation. Says, first super chat. Thank you so much for that. Says, I really love all you people do. My 25th birthday is in three days, so hopefully I'll be able to get the games I want that are shown off at E3. Sharing the love first, though. Keep it up. Well, thank you so much, and happy future birthday. birthday. Yeah. 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 And happy future birthday. Thank you very much. Enjoy E3, whatever that is. <laughs> yeah. 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 When the, we'll the, I'm looking forward to that story, but before we get there, we got to follow up on a story that we talked about previously. And Yuji Naka has spoken and confirms that he has left Square Enix. Not that surprising, it seemed pretty definitive based on everything we talked about before. Uh, but the kind of addition to this is that uh, he's talking about the retirement being one of his options now that, now that he's out of Square Enix uh, since he is 55 years old. Uh, so, I mean, good on him, uh, if you retire at that age, cause that feels young, but I'm, I, we're yeah. overworked Americans, so I don't know if that well, is young except, or not. But like this story does, it can't help but feel sad about this though. Right. Cause you yeah. want, you want these like old names to go down, like to end on a high note. Right. Right. Like, Bell and Wonderworld ain't it. Like, yeah, <laughs> not a high There's note. one more. Yeah, yeah. Like do something. Yeah. Uh, it's I, it's I mean obviously I want him to you know if he's ready to retire and he's okay walking off into the sunset with Balan Wonderworld being his his final game hey that's not for me to decide if he's happy with that cool but I do wish he could do something I just I would I would hate for that to be the stamp on on his career that said regardless of Balan Wonderworld I'm always going to respect the guy for everything else he brought us oh, and yeah. you know, Balan Wonderworld doesn't suddenly undermine everything else he's done for Absolutely me it just not, is unfortunately yeah. a stain yeah. on his career but it doesn't undermine everything else that came before it the so mm. i have a couple of takes on on this whole thing one it is really sad to see yuji naka of all people go out on Balan wonderworld as a last note that's just kind of sad <laughs> but two i don't know how i went my whole life thinking this man was far older than 55 i am 38 oh. which means the first game of his that i remember playing the original Fantasy Star, where he was the lead programmer, uh, he made that. He's That makes him about 17 years older than me. That means he made it when I was, or when he was, in his very early 20s. And that is one of the best RPGs I've played in my entire life. The man is a, is a genius, but... Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, it does feel it, it does feel very melancholy to be discussing his retirement after a game like this. It's very, you know, I think that the writing is kind of, or, or it's easy to read between the lines on this one. Yeah, I don't think he he wanted necessarily to leave right. Square Enix, but I no. think uh, yeah, after Balan, this is a retirement. 
I yeah. Think. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean they, they formed you know, Ballon Company. Like they they very clearly thought that there was going to be some measure of success to this game. And that this yeah. would be like rebooting Sonic Team, but within Square Enix or something. And uh yeah, it wasn't that, and that's unfortunate. Um I'm not I'm not sure, you know, I feel like Yuji Naka's uh best days were probably during the Dreamcast era where Sonic Team was kind of getting their hands into all kinds of different things. They made PSO, they made Choo Choo Rocket, Sonic Adventure 1 and 2. Uh, you know, not all of those have aged well, but for their time, they were utterly fantastic, wondrous games. And... Did they do Knights also? Yeah, yes. I was going to say Knights, yeah. which yeah, is yeah. still one of my favorite games of all time. So no matter what, no mm. matter what, even if, if this is how he retires... We'll always have knights, and I'll always respect the hell out of that man for leading development on knights. I do wonder, like, because, you know, like, Ega and stuff, like, have done Kickstarters to great success. But I wonder if, like, how tarnished the reputation has been if, if he tried to, like, spearhead a Kickstarter. Like, I wonder how that would go. You know what I mean? Hmm. From his, from his sure. retirement? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. It, it really I mean, is a good question. I feel like uh, Yuji Naka would have two things against him in there, and one is Balan Wonderworld, unfortunately. Right. I mean, with the backing yeah. of a huge corporate, you know, AAA publisher, he wasn't able to make a game that probably lived up to people's hopes and expectations. But the other is just people kind of turning against the notion of Kickstarters in and of themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. the, there's Mighty Number no. 9... Uh, you know, for some folks, right. number three, uh, stuff like that it's is really, well, though. yeah, it's, it's burned people. And I, I'll be the first to admit that I kind of, when I see a Kickstarter, I'm very hesitant to back it just cause I'm like, well, I mean, the game will come out in two to three years, maybe right. if I'm lucky. Yeah. If um, the, yeah. yeah. Not more. I'm very excited for the sweet code in one though. What's that called? Oh, the Ayudin Chronicles. Ayudin Chronicles. Yeah. yeah. I, oh. I missed that backing, but I'll definitely oh. take a look at it. <laughs> I love Sweet Code so much. I've not played uh, um, what is it? Sukoden. Sukoden, yeah. yeah. It all, um, one and two are so good. Three's all right. One that's what I've heard. Best. I've heard one and two, especially two, are, yeah. are one and two, yeah. I haven't played them. Two is everyone's favorite, but I think if you play one and then two, you get like kind of the whole experience. Gotcha. I, ha- I have both one and two. I kind of didn't even realize it had a three and four. <laughs> oh, there's a three, a four, a tactics, and a five, I think. Oh, my. I think that's right. when they stopped. Yeah, I think Dang. five is is the latest numbered entry. Yeah. Um. I. I you know. I guess this could also depend on <clears throat> what Yuji Naka would theoretically want to kickstart. If if he's kickstarting something quirky, people might be willing to overlook Balan. But you know, if he was like, "Oh, I'm going to kickstart a 3D platformer," I don't think that would go very well. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I think, I think his days making 3D platformers are over for sure. I, I took a look at his uh, credits list to see his roles. And he only directed two games, first of which was Balan Wonderworld. Well, well, the second, I guess. Second of which was Balan Wonderworld. The first of which was Choo Choo Rocket. Everything else, he was either a, ga- a programmer or a producer. Right. And yep. I think which that's... key. Yeah. I think that's his big thing. You either need something where he's more of a programmer or a producer, maybe both. And maybe not so much direct uh, the games. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the live audience is pointing out that Shovel Knight, Bloodstained, and Undertale were all really good Kickstarter games. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think that just shows how Shovel Knight's a great example as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I th- yeah, I think um, that just shows how uh, devastating Mighty Number no. Nine was. <laughs> that yeah, just right, exactly. It, all it was face. so. so like it was such an overarching. Thing, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm. this is kind of cool. I didn't realize, and this has this doesn't have anything to do with the balance situation. But I didn't know that Yuji Naka produced uh, the Street Pass fishing and chef games. Uh, Ultimate oh. Angler and Feed Me. I was a huge Street Pass nerd buff back in the 3DS So are the days. other guys. The other easy yeah, guys. Like, oh, I man, love they love Street it. Pass. And I loved those two games as well. So that was cool that I just didn't know he produced those. That's neat. Cool. Huh. I had no idea that uh, I've fallen into a rabbit hole here because I saw somebody in the, uh, the live chat saying, uh, wait, uh, Naka didn't direct uh, Nights into Dreams? No, that was Naoto Oshima, who was the character designer of Battle in Wonderworld. But also the uh, director of the Bl- the Blinks the Time Sweeper games on on oh. Xbox, which I didn't realize. It's like, geez, small world. Um, you okay? Yeah. <laughs> he also I, directed Sonic CD, so there you go. Yeah, I've, yeah. Said, I've said it before, but I feel like Yuji Naka one. I mean, brilliant programmer. Uh, you know, I hate to throw it back to Fantasy Star again, but the stuff he did on the Sega Master System was years ahead of its time. Um, would, would you say he's comparable to uh, Iwata in that, in, just in the programming no. sense? No. <laughs> I mean, I, mean, I to think be he fair, was in his own. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Yuji Naka is a, first off, <clears throat> if you're programming video games for a living, you're a brilliant programmer. Uh, you know, right. a lot of folks never break into programming professionally. for, And, and to program something on, like, a console is infinitely harder than a PC because PCs are open and you have tons of like message boards and stuff you can go to with a console. You're working with whatever the hell Nintendo, Sony or Microsoft give you and just, you know, (laughs) until the game comes out. Uh, and and then, you know, two years after, but, uh, I would say that, you know, Iwata was kind of like in a, I mean, he among programmers among this field of, immensely talented programmers had a reputation for being so much better than they were at at their chosen profession that he could come in swoop in and like save games that people couldn't figure out he could write compression algorithms that were insanely more efficient than what other people in the field working at the highest levels were already doing so while i do think that yuji naka is incredibly talented and probably does stand like a cut above your your average programmer even within the games industry uh, which is something I'm hesitant to say because, like I said, I think everybody programming games for a living is incredibly talented in a way that I am not, nor am I qualified <laughs> to judge that talent. Um, I, I do think that Yuji Naka, you know, through his own work, has shown that he is incredibly capable. And I would mm-hmm. love to see him kind of, you know, still be involved with games, at least in that capacity. Uh, I don't think, I, you know, all of, all of my favorite Yuji Naka games are not Yuji Naka directed games. They're, right. they're stuff he worked on in some capacity, but I feel like, and I said this previously, I think he's better when he's part of a team and maybe not the leader of the entire team. Well, yeah, that's what's right. so weird to me about Balan Wonderworld is like, one of the, one of the things about a really, really good programmer, especially with 2D or 3D platformer games that, that is really, really hard to nail is just like that feel, like the the game feel and like the the input responsiveness of the character and stuff. Which obviously, like Mario Sonic, like Samurai Gun, I think is one of my favorites. Like I think that Bo did an amazing job on that. But like Balan Wonderworld is f- so floaty and weird. Like it, yeah. it's just how mm-hmm. did like how could this guy get that wrong? Right? E- even if you right. were programming on it, like how could he play his own game and be like? 
yo, this is fine. Like, yeah, because he's like one of the legends of of like making that happen right. Like, mm, I don't get it. Well, and especially like the 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 whole demo situation. How did no, every person in that process who had to approve the, the release of that demo? How did every single one of right. them go? Oh, this feels fine. This feels right. good. Yeah, totally. This, let's, this won't let's backfire on us. Hardcore. Yeah, like, <laughs> don't, I don't get that. And as I said, uh, we we mentioned this previously or discussed this uh, on a previous episode episode as well. But like, it's a shame because as bad as the gameplay is. There are aesthetic reasons to love, or there are aesthetic things to love about Balan Wonderworld. Some of the world designs, like the uh, the aesthetic ideas, are gorgeous. The soundtrack's great. It's not like the whole thing is a dumpster fire. It's the gameplay is so bad relative yeah. to the rest of the game, mm-hmm. and it's just it's such a shame. Which, which makes yeah. me which makes me honestly feel like there had to have been like budgetary or like studio concerns where they were just right. like. Uh, someone in the live audience said it too like this is beyond saving like just put it out and like they're gonna quietly ask him to retire afterwards you know and it's just like obviously that's speculative but like man yeah (laughs) they just had to put it out maybe i don't know maybe yeah well no more bashing on Balan because we've done that plenty. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Balan, dude it feels bad that i know original trailer looks so cool Mm -hmm. the first trailer i was like all right before yeah, we move on to it. Mm. Sorry, go ahead. Before we move on, uh, Mega Conrad with a $4.99 donation saying, I'm finally in a position to move myself to, into the EP tier. Thank you so much. Keep up the great work, thank guys. You. Well, that is yeah, awesome. Thank, thank you, thank you, so, you much. so much. And related to that, they already have done so. <laughs> I, yep. Their name yeah. is in the credits. You'll, you'll see yourself at the bottom of the world tonight. Um, and then Ray, Red Chaos One Seven Three with a two dollar donation says, "Hey Derek, we, will I replay all the Castlevania games? Nope, <laughs> I will play replay a few of them, but I'm not doing all of them again. I've done it once. Don't need to do it a second time. I was a year you and a half. Played of, through all of them. I, I I streamed myself playing through every single in- English released uh, Castlevania game. <laughs> Even Judgment. Yep. I don't know what counts as a playthrough of that, but geez, I've never. I, I played that. Uh, that. Basically, was play, me playing through everybody's story mode. Basically okay. twice in order to get the true ending, I guess. Oh boy! So, uh, good no, job. I, thanks. <laughs> I, I will still stand by the fact that um, uh, Ca- uh, Castlevania on the first Castlevania game on Game Boy. I'm blank, blanking on its name now. Uh, is the worst Castlevania. Game Boy OG or Game Boy Advance? Yeah, uh, Game Boy OG. The Castlevania: oh, The yeah. Adventure. Thank you, one one two. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that is. I never played that one, but I've heard. Oh, bad don't! Things. Well, it's uh, part of the uh, the eight pack, but it is not good. <laughs> Castlevania okay. Two: Belmont's Revenge on Game Boy, really good, like surprisingly good. Like uh, mm-hmm. I really recommend that one as a like a sort of like you wouldn't expect it, but it is a lot of fun. Cool. Anyway, though, um, <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and move on to our next story. Speaking of uh, messes and the vein of adventure. <laughs> <laughs> So, the ESA, working on E3. We're getting our all-digital E3 with our media portal. And it is a complete and utter mess. I did not even bother signing up. And this all comes uh, courtesy of Matt Brown over on Twitter, who has been uh, cataloging this. Um, So, (laughs) just basically how he had to reset his password right away. How uh, had... That's how uh, you... That's how you have to make a password you wait have to, you have to reset your password in order to make a password yes we we got we got into it um oh god so i i did that part of the process thankfully i didn't put any personal information on it but um uh, 
learn my lesson. But yeah, to just to sign up and get your account going, you have to log in and then say, forgot my password. And then you have to huh. make a password, but the password has to be fewer than 12 characters. It's like ESA. Oh, <laughs> what are you doing? This is interesting. They, and the, and I mean, the ESA is a mess. I mean, that, there's no doubt about that. But that specific part they may have fixed since because I just logged into my own E3 media portal and I did not need to do that. Oh, really? So okay. They may have actually fixed at least that, but awesome. the portal is still a mess. And I'm looking at this dumb <laughs> avatar thing, this avatar creator thing. And like, oh, yeah. You got to create an avatar, which had an error loading adjacent graphic data. Then when he tried to make it, it ended up being bold because some sort of glitch from the app. And like, it's recommending people for me to follow, as we, we know from the story. I'm not doing anything. I skipped all profile settings. I'm not entering shit because I did the, get docs last time with you guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're trying to like advertise Norton 360 for gamers. Yeah. Oh, that is here. I see that here. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that is right here. Yep. <laughs> Again, here's the other, here's the big thing that I knew, I know would give Ash uh, palpitations. E3's media portal comes with a weird friend-finding fe- social feature nope. uh, features to search all registrants. So he was able to instantly found a personal details for an individual visible to all E3 registrants. Contact an individual and they sent to remove the info. So yeah, you put any info in this thing, it's going to be out there for everybody. Granted, this is only for media, but who knows how hard it is for to become now, media in this though, one. For now, well, no, exactly. but it's public on the 10th, I think. It goes public on the 10th or 12th. Oh, does uh, it? Oh, God. And I assume that, just because it's the ESA, I assume that the press registrant's information will just be in the same bucket as as Probably. The, everyone else. Like, Yeah. Yeah, this, it's, I it's think I find mess. very bizarre. So I, I signed up. You know, I, I got registered. And, I mean, we, we covered the registration process, which was really weird in and of itself. Like, hey, it send really us a business was. card. Hey, it's 2021. I, I literally, and I told Ash this, I sent in screenshots of our Twitter. I was like, that's what you get. Yeah. Like, I'm not sending you a business card that I don't have. Right. Um, and they were like, send, send something on your letterhead. And I was like, well, then you can mm. have my Twitter. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so I literally just sent screenshots from Twitter. And they approved it. But I, I logged in. And I was like, okay, the point of E3 is really, you know, the booths or what have you. And they have this virtual booth thing. There's nothing going on in any of those. 90% mm-hmm. of them don't tell you what, what they're there for. I'm not sure what Media Week is. Um, yeah. Like, so far, nothing. I've heard Rory, from no right. one. I have, uh, you know, and, and I get it. I, you know, giving the ESA the benefit of the doubt, GVG is small and new. Both things that don't cater to getting good meetings at E3. Um, however... I've got friends that work at IGN, GameSpot. Uh, you know, I, I'm close personal friends with Imran from Fanbyte, uh, Kat Bailey from IGN. Like, I don't know anybody, like, of of the folks that I know that work at the larger outlets, I know of maybe one or two folks that have meetings, like a well, meeting here the, or there. That's the weird thing is, like, <clears throat> you never got your meetings through the ESA or through E3 itself, you get them through the companies and the PR places, and then you meet them at E3. You do, you shoot an interview or you'd play the game at E3. E3 is, has never, in my experience, at least blood usually handles this. So maybe sometimes he got them straight from the ESA, but I'm pretty sure not. Yeah. E3 is Mm. just the building wherein you meet. They've never been. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, they're trying to do that with this (laughs) phone app or this website, but it's just like, we have email addresses like <laughs> i've i've got demos of stuff from e3 that like 
we just got from the the, the developer you know it's just like mm-hmm. yeah why why is this uh, yeah. why bother why waste your money esa yeah it, it seems like the esa is trying to insert themselves as like a, a, right. a middleman type situation where not only are they not needed they're not wanted and they're only spending their own money to do it it, it really right. this whole thing has been such a scattershot weird approach i mean we're a few days out from e3 now and we're looking at our media portals and we're like what the fuck is all this even for and on top of that it's gamified right. why am i earning yeah. badges in the E3 media portal backend, this is so, it's so dumb. Like, what is even going on here, ESA? I, it is, oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Isla. Well, I was just going to say, like, it's so weird because what the ESA is, is they're an event planner. Like, just just be that. And since it's COVID, <laughs> yeah. just, just don't be that right now. And then next year, just be that again. Like, yeah, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. Why are they trying to overthink it? And I mean, it's because they're terrified of becoming irrelevant. Right. Which, but, honestly, yeah. I think they're just digging their selves like right deeper into deeper. that grave faster. It's wild. This is like seems like it. Like they got a year off thanks to COVID, and then we could get angry at them because like, all right, when well, nothing's happening, so that's just how it is. But if you discount last year, uh, then basically two years in a row that they were active, they massively pissed off the people that go to this show, that make this show what it is, like, to do that. Because, uh, you know, the, what media, like, I know every media person out there who got docs is like, I don't know if I want to, like, I, I don't think anybody trusts the ESA anymore. There is no. no trust there. We We got, like, part of the way into the process of registering and then just, like, emailed someone and we were like, hey this doesn't make sense like we don't fit these boxes what do we do and they were actually kind of they helped us out but it was just like like the process didn't even make sense for like what we are you know yep. mm-hmm. so it was, it was right. just so strange i'm just like what are you trying to be esa like why i don't know this yeah, yeah this whole thing yeah. is so strange it's oddly inconsistent with how they've done things in the past too like mm-hmm. just the registration portion of it like they're I mean, I could be misremembering, but I feel like in 2019, there was not a influencer slash creator badge. It was just media. Whether And PAX differentiates between the two, but E3, I don't think ever truly did. They've been kind of, sh- yeah, slowly shifting at the last like three or four years, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a weird, a weird kind of thing. I mean, I, I was just like, well, I covered it as media for the last seven years, so I'm just going right. to do that again. <laughs> and, right. And that's what yeah. we've always done is like press slash media. Same. Like, yeah. Nintendo yeah. loves to think of us as influencers, but that's <laughs> a different story. Yeah. <laughs> there, that's, that is, that's a that tough is label. Such a, such a weird, uh, like when you're in the YouTube slash video space, uh, every publisher views you differently like and, mm-hmm. and they all have different shifting requirements for how you have to like i know that we famously were told by one publisher who i will not name here that they wanted us to mark our reviews as sponsored content because Ooh. they gave us a copy of the game and i was like people I have will tried just... that with us before too yeah i was like, like i'll just not no. review your game <laughs> right <laughs> that's, that's what you're going to end up with <laughs> yeah yeah mm-hmm. But either way, I, I think Matt Brown actually does kind of wrap this up in the best way possible. <laughs> this, they fought the, the SA fought to justify E3's existence in 2021, already in question pre-pandemic, attempting to adapt to a virtual environment. But the result is an embarrassment. What does E3 now contribute to as a virtual trade show beyond brand prestige? Even that only goes so far. And that's the thing. I think all this might do is just show publishers like we don't 
need E3. Right. Oh, you know, exactly. And and I think E3, no, I think ESA knows that. I think ESA is becoming wise to the fact that more and more people are realizing E3 isn't needed. Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony sure don't need it. Sony is especially proving it by not even bothering to be, to be part of it, which right. and they don't need to be, none of them. But as Steve has also said, and I agree with him in previous discussions about E3's growing irrelevance, it is important, though, for smaller developers, for indie developers yeah. to be able to yeah. get right. their yeah. games in front of lots of people. But this media portal isn't doing anything for them. This isn't, for no, this isn't not it. At all. Exactly. This ain't well, it. Well, that, yeah. that's, that's, I mean, exactly perfect point, Ash. Like, that, that's what I was going to say is, like, the, the, the best part of E3 are just those meetings and, like, those chance things that you stumble upon that you wouldn't otherwise have exactly. let in the door, right? Like, mm-hmm. I've seen so many things at E3 wandering the floor where, that I, like, fell in love with. That if I'd seen the email, you know, because we get like, I'm sure you guys too, we get oh, like God, yeah. hundreds of, of press emails like a week. And right. most of them, Bloodworth, like, you know, will he reads them all, um, but he'll send through the ones. He's kind of a gatekeeper on that. And like, he'll send through the ones that he thinks are relevant to each of us. And like, it's much less than we get, you know. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if you just get your eyes on something, it it is a match made in heaven. Whereas like, yeah, on a bizarre app. It's just not going to happen. Like, I don't yeah. know. I, oh, yeah. I, I considered it for a story uh, for this uh, the video uh, for, the, for this episode. Uh, but there was a video putting up, uh, put out by Devolver Digital for something called Terra Nil, um, mm-hmm. which is basically – I caught my interest immediately because it's all about like a, this ruined world that you try to get back and make green again. And then uh, beyond even that step, once you get them green – leave and like completely get rid of any uh evidence of humans ever being there uh, no human f- footprint and it's gorgeous how seeing yeah. the, the green come back and it growing again it's like that nice. type of game i'm not interested in that genre but seeing it in motion it's like i find that really fascinating and maybe something i want to take a look at um which really uh, to me is i looked at the developer and it's the same people who did genital jousting i'm like really <laughs> I did not know that. That's awesome. It's like that is a a lot of expected that. Yeah, it's a lot of different talents, I suppose. I mean, an uncity builder or whatever they call it. Like, yeah, that one piqued my yeah that one immediately. That's kind of how I feel whenever I I remind myself that the same people who make Horizon also make Killzone. It's like they're just they're Mm. so completely divergent in terms of tone and even genre. Of course, I'm just like, oh wow, those are the same people. That's so weird. My favorite Mm. example of that is. uh, Crow Team or whatever who makes Serious Sam and the Talos Principle. <laughs> Whoa! Like, I didn't know that. Jeez. Oh wow! Yeah, I'm pretty That's sure. That's wild. It, I think it's Crow Team, right? Um, I think you're right. Yeah. Correct me if I I'm wrong. So, yeah. Uh, it, yeah. But like, speaking of Devolver, they published that. But yeah, it's just like because I love the Talos Principle and Serious Sam. I've always been like, yeah, all right. <laughs> but it's like <laughs> same people. Like true. Yeah. Well. Let's continue this whole strange games that we might not have seen otherwise. I don't even know how to go into this one. Have you guys seen uh, Power World? The trailer for Power World. Yes. I'm looking um, at it right now. So if you've never watched this trailer, if this is the first time you're seeing this trailer, basically it's an open world survival crafting game featuring monsters like Pokemon but the thing that's really odd about it is that it also features gunplay. Yeah. You can yeah. use the Pokemon as shields, as, like, huh. you know, they talk about those Pokemon wars. 
Um, yeah, this is pretty much it. <laughs> it is wild. This yeah, is the trailer was crazy. Go ahead, Ash. <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm just watching the trailer for the first time right now, and I'm seeing I'm seeing Finnegan. I'm pretty sure I saw Piplup back there, or <sighs> very clearly based on them. But there are guns too. And then all yeah. of a sudden, there are just guns. They got that bear ripping like, people. And then you're just shooting at people. It's like, what is happening? He just got shot like a bunch of times while crying. This is awful. <laughs> this is horrible. It's very strange. But it, a... it starts would... off just like such a Pokemon ripoff, and then all of a sudden they're just shooting people. Now they're, like, po- they're now they're Pokemon ripoffs in like an assembly line, and they're slaving away. This is ho- and there's now the Koopa shell. What? In, this is this is too much. I can't. Yeah, having this the people work in like factories building guns. Like what and, like, the heck is happening? I love uh, FTN in our patron chat says nine millimeter. I choose you. Bang. bang, bang. <laughs> <laughs> well, and what's the company? It's like Pocket Pair. Yeah, yeah Pocket Pair Games. Does that what? I can't think that that means anything other than testicles, right? Like. What that's, does a, that's what my a mind pocket went. It, it's uh, I was uh, let's see here. Somebody said uh, Fat Man in the uh, 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 YouTube chat said, "Read the Steam page description." Oh. Um. So about this game, what is this game about? Uh, Power World is a game about living a slow life with mysterious creatures, pal, or throwing yourself into life and death battles with poachers. You can make pals fight, breed, help with farming, or work in factories. You can also sell them off or even slaughter them to eat. That, however, is forbidden by the law. Oh, oh, okay. Well, that's okay, then. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there is a picture of them just shooting a a board Pokemon, essentially, and there you go. This is, this such is a weird just game. some twisted Video shit, games. man. I mean, this reminds me of like when I was a teenager, and I I would always question like, why can't you just become a murderer in The Sims? You know, like just yeah. I'm so game. glad you said in The Sims. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my high school counselor probably would have frowned upon yeah. it had I not uh, added those two <laughs> words at the end. Uh, but uh, yeah, Power just... World just seems like so unnecessarily dark. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I just I posted something in our green room for you guys. Uh, Pokemon Mystery Sweatshop. Somebody somebody did oh, a God. Photoshop of Pokemon oh, Mystery God. Sweatshop, and it's oh, really no. that's pretty good. Oh. This is so messed up. Oh, I don't man. even right. That's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> I I, I think. The thing is, it's an effective trailer. I don't think I've seen a game like this get this much talk in a while right, right. because it's just so out there. And it's the thing is, it's not like it's bloody or anything. It's just these cute, obvious, this obvious Pokemon ripoff having these elements. And I think that's, I feel like there's going to be a lot of people streaming this game when it comes out, just checking it out. I was like, what is happening? I mean, I to think be- the air conditioner might be working. To be yeah. fair, when I think about it, when I think about a, the world of Pokemon, I'm like, why don't they do stuff like that? Like, they are clearly extremely cruel to these animals already. I mean, they're like, we're going to trap you in a ball for most of your life and only let you out when it's time to fight. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, this does, I mean, the age-old Pokemon questions of, like, because sometimes you see, like, birds and, like, are there other animals? Like, what do people eat? Is everyone a vegetarian? Are Pokemon's vegetarian? Like, all these <laughs> right. questions, you know. One one two in our live audience chat says from the Steam page, quote unquote, endangered species pals live in the hunting prohibited area. If you sneak in and catch them, you'll get tons of money. It's only illegal if you get caught. <laughs> <laughs> <This> is... 
Wow. <laughs> I mean, I guess oh it's the tone they're going for. This is wild. And I don't, I mean, I don't mean the wild Pokemon kind of wild. I just mean straight up wild. This is, I, I mean, I, like you said, it's an effective trailer. I'm not sure what it's effective at. I mean, it certainly doesn't make me want to go play the game. <laughs> But it's oh, certainly it makes, getting me to talk about it. It, it makes me want to play the game. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I mean, I saw someone just fire a rocket launcher into a building in a town for no reason. <laughs> I mean, it is I, funny I, how, oh, man. Yeah. It's funny how it being adjacent to Pokemon esque stuff makes it feel so much more wrong. Whereas, like, you know, Just Cause and Far Cry 6 and stuff, it's like, yeah, totally normal. Fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Yeah. It's all good. I think that's part of what makes it funny. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. I, I, yeah. Like you said, there's that it, it, scene it, where it, they were shielding themselves from, from bullets with their Pokemon-like creature. Oh, you, you fish with an electric heart. Pokemon and electrocute all the penguins. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and there you go. I, I think it, it does live on that sort of dark humor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a I think it's, it's supposed to be dark. I, I don't yeah, know if it's, it's supposed to be dark humor. but It's supposed to be humor, yeah. There's a shot in the know. trailer where there's like one of the pals is like on the player's shoulders and then they both whip guns out or something. And I was there's like, that all too, right, yeah. that's kind of funny. <laughs> oh, God. I, I don't even know what to think, but it's it's out there. And it's like, you know, this will make make it fun to talk about. But let's let's go ahead and move on, because I think we're already running a little late. Mm-hmm. And there's another bit of confusion to talk about with this uh, next story. So, Square Enix has changed the titles and icons of the iOS versions of Final Fantasy 3 and 4, which has led to a lot of speculation. Uh, before, it was all just, you know, you know, Final Fantasy 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, whatever. And now they're being labeled as FF3 3D and FF4 3D. So, it's leading a lot of people to wonder, what's this all about? Yeah, it, it seems like a random just bit of rebranding uh especially given the, the strange time period right we're in the week before e3 right so could this be signs of something in the works i mean it's hard to say it's hard to know what exactly but yeah like they suddenly now and it's only three and four because they're the only games with 3d remakes on ios mm-hmm. or on you know ds whatever but it, they have that black that black and then in bold impact font 3d remake <laughs> suddenly like why differentiate that suddenly if there's not a reason for it, if there's not something going on, it's just, it, it's interesting. Oh, we're getting they... 2d remakes. And that's what right. it seems like. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't want to go, go out there and be like, Oh yeah. Like, let's put all the hype out there. Hold, we're hold getting on. remakes, but hold, hold, on. That way. hold yeah. on. How hyped are you for a 2d final fantasy remake on iOS? I'm not <laughs> right. Like that right. is that is I guess if it, if it is only iOS, but hopefully right. not. Right. right, I'm I'm just saying based on what we actually know, the observable facts that we have is that they rebranded right. this as the 3D remake on iOS, and so I mean it would be a very Square Enix announcement, like hey we're remaking Final Fantasy, you know the ones you love, yeah. but we're doing it only on iPhone and only with touch controls right. and for thirty dollars. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, that that said. Alternatively, I would not be upset about uh, these 3D versions of four and uh, three and four being ported to these other systems. Mm-hmm. That'd be nice because no. they, they originally came out on DS, then they were then made available on PSP, and, I, and uh, they might be on Steam. I'm not sure, but having them on console would be I nice. I think they are. I My mean, first... I, it would just be nice to have any versions of one through six on consoles. Sorry, Isla. 
Oh, I was right. just going to say my first thought, which then I thought, like, why would that make them label just two of these differently? But my first thought was a was a uh, one through six collection oh, like God, on please. Switch or something like because that mm-hmm. it just seems overdue. And like it does, people have right? been doing collections lately. So like, I don't know. I think that could. But then again, I don't know why that would make them change the labels for just three and four. Like, why bother? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, look, if we can get a Mana collection on, on Switch, then right, it's right. Sure. And a Saga collection. I mean, yeah, right. a Saga collection of all yeah, things. Saga Frontier yeah. is just like, do Final right. Fantasy. Yeah, Put like, tactics on Switch, you cowards. Oh, my God. Tactics, tactics on, Switch, on Switch would make my life. Tactics on Switch, I would buy oh, like five get times. Get War of the Lions. That'd be amazing. Yeah, yeah. Chrono Collection on Switch too. Just give oh, me a Trigger and Cross sure. double pack on Switch, please. Mm-hmm. Yes, and thank put you. everything on Switch. Yeah, <laughs> put it all on Switch. Yeah, yeah. I, I would. I wouldn't mind yeah. if they did like an Evilise collection with all the tactics games and oh, Twelve cool. and cool. uh, and um, Vagrant Story re-release. Yeah, that'd I was going to cool. say oh, Vagrant huh. Story, Xeno Gears, Xeno Xeno everything. Yeah, but like mm-hmm. for Xeno Gears, you'd have to like. Gussy up the back half, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's quite, quite a bit of working. Yeah, yeah, but man, but it sure does seem as though something is afoot behind the scenes, and yeah. I, I just hope that the curious timing means we're going to find out exactly what is afoot at E3. That's you know, that's my hope. This may just be coincidental timing, and we'll hear nothing at E3 about what this could possibly mean. But I hope it means something, and I hope we find out next week. Absolutely. Well, they said that they said and other titles or whatever in their little teaser for the Square Enix. So right, they did. Who knows? That could yeah. be huge stuff, or it could be not huge stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll see what it is. I just appreciate that I got an email from them uh, that they're going to have a version, a DMCA free version. <laughs> Of mm. their of their of their presentation, presentation. Never really nice. that. Well, that's true. true. But at least they make it like it yeah. seems separate in its own thing. Like they're saying they're getting rid of the cop whatever copyrighted music is in there. So that's good. I was actually pretty concerned about that. I'm like, are we going to get our channel like stricken because of like a FIFA? No, trailer? they they like, always do yeah. the uh, the copyright claim instead. So they're like, oh, we don't no. want to get you in trouble. We just want any revenue right. you get. Well, mm-hmm. on Twitch though, things are so weird. Oh, well, that's like, true. No, right. Twitch YouTube is, is fine. YouTube is fine, but like if our Twitch <laughs> yeah down, that would really suck. Oh yeah, no. See, we... I think pretty much every time we've been told that like we, we were like a, a streaming partner or we can stream risk free, it's not actually been risk free, correct? Like we've no. gotten a, right. I was like, I was going to yeah. mention well, this I seems got... like its own separate thing this time. When you right. get hit for stuff like years ago, like some Star Wars mm-hmm. thing from like four years ago, like sorry, buddy. Oh yeah. 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 yeah no, we we got uh well we we co-streamed the game awards and we did the whole thing like we signed up and and mm-hmm. went through the official process to be an official co-streamer. We got all the assurances that we wouldn't get any copyright claims or strikes or anything. That was a lie. <laughs> we definitely got <laughs> yeah got hit with I think six. For oh, that man. one stream, wow, mm-hmm. yeah, but it's uh, Thanks, Jeff oh. Keeley, right? <laughs> he, he he loves uh... music. He loves music. Yes, oh, yeah. he does. Yeah, yes. he sent out another email looking for folks to co-stream the uh, summer game fest opening. I don't know. He's probably just going to hold up a Muppet in one hand and like fire a revolver with the other and say summer has started now. (laughs) No, no, because Jeff Goldblum, he'll do that. Jeff Goldblum will do that. Jeff Goldblum will do that. Jeff Goldblum will just sit seductively in the background praising Jeff the whole time. You know, best show. You're doing a great job. Yeah, I would love that. (laughs) Best, Best show. Yeah. 
And if um, it doesn't technically count as E3, maybe Elden Ring will still be there because even though they said they won't be at E3, I'm just being, oh, there you go. I'm just being a go. clown, a, hope, a hopeful clown. That'd be, that'd be nice. I'd like to see Elden Ring like learn you something think? about it. <laughs> I'd love to see something about it. Mm-hmm. Anything. We'll see, but uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and move on to our next story, which uh, is really just a kind of a cool thing. Like, you want an Easter egg? Yeah, Here you go, neat. Easter egg. So, the uh, Tetris Effects developer has revealed how to unlock a super secret level in the game. Technically, the two of them, but the one has been a bit more. Uh, it's been discovered more often. The Tetris 1989. All you have to need to do is raise your player level to 50 or do uh, one other thing. But there is whoa, whoa, a... Sec- all you need to do. I'm sorry, Derek. Yeah. I just, as a Tetris Effect player myself, that's not... that. That is. I know it's not easy, easy, but at least it's there. Like, it's obvious right. what you need to do. In order to get this second <laughs> super secret level, um, what you have to do, it's, it's called 1984, and it's a tribute to the original version of Tetris for the Electronica 60. The Soviet PC Alexei uh, Pajanov first created the game on. According to this, uh, so uh, according to this uh, article, accessing the level uh, require, uh, on consoles requires the use of a USB ki- keyboard uh, because first, the players must enter a code with your controller at the title screen. With the PlayStation controller, the code is up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, O, X. And then the same equivalent on um, uh, Xbox. Um, then a blank screen should appear, at which points players need to enter in with a keyboard 06, 06, well, 06061984, which is the date of birth of Tetris with their keyboard to unlock the level. So plug a USB so keyboard cool. into your uh, PlayStation and there you go. That's neat. If I, I love had that. one, I would do this. Oh, Aldo says this. this is news because they did it six months ago. Apparently, it was just, oh. came out today on VGC, so I yeah. didn't know about it. No, I didn't either. Did I? And I've had the game that whole time. So yeah. yeah, yeah. If I had a USB keyboard, I would totally try this. Um, I, I just wish there was a way to permanently unlock both of these that didn't require either having a USB keyboard or playing you don't the game have a for keyboard? hours and hours. You don't have a keyboard. I have at least one USB. I, you can get a, a cheap USB keyboard for ten bucks. He's a keyboard's built in. That's I why. thought you. It was so funny that you were like, if I had one. No, you got like one external that USB. Was not a PS Five. <laughs> no, 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 no. Seven dollar so, USB keyboard. And it's still, and many people pointing out, yes, that is the one, the yeah. uh, Konami. That code. is the Konami code. Right, I'm trying to get code. this man to use a monitor, and now I don't. I know why he doesn't. He's like, well, I mean, <laughs> the keyboard's right here. Ash. I mean, thankfully, I do have dollars into my computer. Well, yeah, but do I need to order one just to try this code? I guess maybe I yeah, do. Yeah, but you could also amazing. use the yeah. monitor for like computing purposes, and then have a right, keyboard right. and one of these. It's called a mouse. <laughs> I've, I'm, I've been using laptops since I was a kid. I actually prefer trackpads at this point. I'm so Amazingly old. Enough. Laptops didn't oh my exist God. when I was a kid. Well, to be fair, I, I say kid. I should say a teen. I've been using laptops since I was maybe 14, 13, and I'm just used to the trackpad experience now. I don't know. My I can use mice. Of, but... My first playthrough of Hotline Miami I did on a trackpad. Oh, wow. I, would, that's, I wouldn't want to play games on a trackpad. I don't recommend sure. that. <laughs> that, I see, that, I see, that just reminds me of my old uh, computer that my family had. Um, <laughs> uh, 
that my family had where we didn't have a mouse. I don't believe it was like an old, like, I don't think we had a mouse or anything like was that. Uh, and I played the original Tomb Raider with oh. just keyboard controls. Oh, wow. Oh, man. So. My, my dad, because like we had one PC growing up, right? My dad was like the PC gamer in the house and he had what I imagine was a pretty decent rig back in the day. But we had a Tomb Raider demo disc that... I don't know, came in like some PC magazine and I played Tomb Raider the same way, like using WASD to move around and mouse clicks for shooting and stuff. Oh, what an awful way to play that game. So I apparently you needed to, uh, thanks to Odd Doodle in our patron chat. Yeah, you really did need to do it. Like just check out Tetris forums because um, they have a whole breakdown of how to unlock 1984 and 1989. Oh, cool. Nice. So oh, That's nice. <laughs> I'll, I'll do that tonight. I have the game on Series X, and I do own a keyboard. Yeah, I own it on PS4. Clickety. Okay, okay. Yeah, mine's very cheap. Um, but Amy uses it for uh, talking oh, with my? her friends in Final Fantasy XIV. So there my you keyboard go. is ridiculous. I just have never. <laughs> I've just oh, like never needed an external keyboard. I just I don't know. I've just never. Needed I, I had to get it because my. My my external this. keyboard for my uh, my computer is just you know wireless and I needed to be wired in so I got a USB keyboard cheap thing so I could just you know get this whole thing started. Right, right. Oh, I did have so. a Bluetooth wire uh, Bluetooth external keyboard at one point for an iPad that I owned at one point. But I, yeah, that's I, don't I am obsessive about keyboards. Life, I have Sorry. yeah so many keyboards. I have the like, <laughs> Corsair one on my main computer, but yeah, I've got like three of those old like keyboards. And I'll just. I'll just bring one here and you can have it next time you come to our studio. <laughs> the thing is, though, I mean, I, I just don't see the need for one because I'm used to my keyboard, right? You have my built in 1984 mode. mode. That's what. Right. It's so much better mode. than what's on your but MacBook. I use for, but I use that for gaming. Like, I use that for <laughs> It has three inputs stuff. on it. <laughs> I know, but what do I need to use my. I don't know. I just, I'm used to the laptop experience. You I don't know. know. That <laughs> webcam I sent you would fit really nicely on the top of that monitor. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried to do that. I've tried to actually get it to stay there, and it's like, it's not. It's, God damn I've been it, trying I. to do that from. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you Mac users. Laptop, oh my God. laptop life, y'all. I just. Yeah. I guess so. My laptop, has been, my laptop has been like sitting on a stand for two years because of COVID. So I haven't funny. had to go anywhere. So it's just been another. It's a second desktop I use for making music. It's just another desktop. I haven't owned yeah. a desktop literally since I was probably like my. Since the, the lime green. I'm. No, my, my parents had like a um, Apple Centris 6 something. Oh and then we God. had a lime green iMac, one of the old school iMacs. But that's the last time we had a desktop. My we God. just all used laptops. Do you not edit I video? I, I feel Do like not... I have to read these. Laptop. <laughs> Oh my god! I feel like I have to read these super chats now because Rob Arman X with ten dollars buy a keyboard, you monster. PJ <laughs> Bobby with five dollars, Ash, please buy a keyboard. Jason Uloa five dollars contributing to the Get Ash a USB keyboard fund. Dude, Insignia keyboard. Thank you. That five dollars will get you an Insignia keyboard at Best Buy right now. Yep. Right. I, I right will. Now. I will say, I used to be like a dyed-in-the-wool Mac user. I worked at Me Apple. Too. I Me do too. not know how you can be a content creator, like in the in the gaming space, and and not have a desktop PC at all. It is so like like you're you're taking your kneecaps out, man. <laughs> I mean, the only the, like as as I've mentioned, but like we've talked about this, the one issue is streaming. Everything else, I mean, all the videos I've ever made, I've made on my MacBook Pro. 
without an external keyboard and on my trackpad. Just, <laughs> I like how that's become part of it now, without an external, without an external keyboard. keyboard. I'm just saying, I don't know. I, I not, literally don't see the need for that in my personal setup oh, at present. God. I'm willing I'm, to... Follow your heart, man. I, I support it. It's crazy, mm-hmm. but I support it. It is right. It is absolutely crazy, but whatever <laughs> but works I, for I, you, will man. Say, but... I will say that I have been very tempted just to get a basic PC rig, though, for streaming, because streaming yeah. has been a problem on my machine. For I sure. am telling you, the absolutely. day that you plug an HDMI cable from that MacBook into that <laughs> monitor, you will realize how much more space oh, you have to work I've on those that. videos. No, 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 I've done that. I've No, 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 don't get me wrong. I've connected my computer to the monitor. I just don't have an external keyboard to use with it. But I have done that, and it's been very nice. I'll see. No, no, that I've done. Yeah. Baby steps. You just got to take that next baby right. step to having an yeah. external input method. And then <laughs> right. it'll, be, so. it'll be like a desktop. I can use it for Tetris. If nothing else, I can. I can. Yeah, yeah, there, you yeah. there you go. That's the important. I guess live with a $4.99 donation. Again, can you guys set up a P.O. box already so we can send you dear you gear, dear Lord? <laughs> Get a keyboard. Oh I'm very God. happy with my MacBook Pro. Exploded with keyboards, say. it goes from zero to like no, I'm gonna, twenty. I'm going to be in, just in a sea of keyboards on Wednesday when you see me. I'm just getting buried <laughs> up to my neck in keyboards. That's a great oh, Twitter God. post. <laughs> oh, Surrounded God. by the keyboards. Yeah. There you go, like the girl from American Beauty instead of rose petals, yeah, it's just yeah. keyboards. Or the, the Jared Leto Joker, but instead of all the knives, it's keyboards. Ah, oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I love all the keyboard emoji in the chat too. It's too funny. <laughs> you guys are too funny. Well, maybe I will. I, maybe I will get an external keyboard specifically for Tetris then, and I can use it for there my computer go. as well. There you go. And whenever you get back to Final Fantasy fourteen, yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Oh yeah, like that's ever going to happen. Okay. Exactly. I know, right? Anyway, there's one last story here that's not quite as fun, unfortunately, but it's not. I don't think it's that bad. Let's go ahead and pull it up. So the Prince of Persia remake will not be at Ubisoft Forward. It was delayed earlier this year, and we still have no idea when it's coming. So it must be getting a heck of a, re- a rework. Uh, they just posted out as like, um, uh, we're making great progress in our ga- uh, for our game to release next year, but we are not ready to share any additional information just yet. We'll share an update as soon as we are ready. Until then, we wanted to express our appreciation for your continuous support, as well as your patience with us on this journey. So... Yeah, no, nothing at Ubisoft Forward, even though that was one of our... I brought it up because we, we, I think I did predict that, that it would be at the Ubisoft show. Yeah, I think you might yeah. have, yeah. No, I mean... Uh, it was it, wrong. It, 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 we said from other, you know, stories like this, like Axiom Verge 2, whatever, take the time you need, yeah. ideally, you know, just get it right, and take the time you need to get it right, and hopefully without crunch, even though I know that latter part is too much to ask for. Um, yeah, but you know, it's, it's always worth delaying it until it's, it's gotten right, you know, let it bake for as long as it needs. Or just mm-hmm. do what cyberpunk did and delay it until your stockholders make you put it out. And- there you go. <laughs> there you go. I, don't, I don't think Ubisoft's, um, uh, monetary, uh, bottom line is as dependent on, uh, right, Prince right. of Persia as right. cyberpunk Sure. Was. Yeah. <laughs> Not a make or break title probably for them. Mm-hmm. Maybe if they had more keyboards, they could get it out on time. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Probably they're all making, they're programming a game on trackpads. It's impossible. Yeah, I know. Laptops exactly. and trackpads. We saw that Ash guy do it, and it just seemed like the thing to do, and like that was that was the mistake. Yeah. He seemed yeah. pretty cool. I'm the reason, I'm the reason it's delayed. Yep, I blame you, Ash. If I uh, apparently, though, is uh, the primary developer, I'm seeing this in the chat, uh, not sure whether it's Imran or Matt it was, Muscles, it, or both of them who said this. Yeah, it was Matt. Um, 
yeah the the primary developer is in india and they were hit pretty hard from the pandemic so oh yeah yeah it'll do it but it was looking rough so give them the time make it look good because i love that game so yeah i i think it's important to you know give the developers the time they need to make the game right make it the best possible game it can be it definitely looked like it shouldn't have been announced the last time we saw it it needed (laughs) a lot of love before they put that trailer together uh you know so fan backlash i think helped out in this case uh because i honestly believe it would have shipped a lot sooner had uh, fans not kind of erupted and said like hey yo (laughs) polish this up it doesn't look good um but i i respect ubisoft for giving the developers the time they need to make the game to a level you know deserving of this game's legacy that's that's always a good thing um Mm -hmm. But yeah, I I mean, I'm not particularly, I don't really love Prince of Persia. It's not a series that I've clicked with, but I'm always glad to see, Same. you know, good decisions like this. But if there was ever a year to delay a game, this is probably it. We keep talking about how much we already know is releasing and E3 hasn't started yet. Uh, My summer is packed and I'm sure that your guys' is too. So, you know what, if you push this and maybe five other games to 2022, I'll be happy. Well, and just, yeah, that's uh, the, seriously. That's the other interesting angle to this E3 is like obviously it's not in person again because of ongoing COVID stuff, but like, what what games would we have seen that we haven't, you know, because of COVID? Like everything I figure in the industry was delayed, like just kind of pushed back six months at least. Oh yeah, um, by COVID, and so like, yeah, I mean Nintendo is the one with the big question marks for me, but so many things are going to be showing oh, yeah. now that would have would have yeah. shown like months ago probably we we have basically into september pretty firmly under lockdown i guess it's just the fall season that we're going to be figuring out which mm-hmm. we still don't really know outside of a few things like pokemon and uh um i guess it was kind of revealed ahead of time but shimikawa tensei 5 mm-hmm. <laughs> thanks to that leak mm-hmm. um but yeah, yeah Good and Evil Two is totally coming out. Sister, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're gonna shadow drop it right at E3. It's gonna be fine. I know, right? As a, <laughs> as a few folks in our live audience chat are mentioning, Child of Light Two would be nice. Oh yeah, and I know yeah. you mentioned that as well, Derek, uh, in our discussion. I believe Child. I of believe Light. It was. I believe it was Steve. Was who mentioned that Steve I played. Steve I, I played Child of Light, but I uh, Steve was the one who mentioned. I love. Gotcha, that game. gotcha. It's a great game. Yeah, really, just an elegant mm-hmm. game. I love the art style. Just the whole fairy tale feel of it it was great sorry ditto quest uh 11m x 11m yeah <laughs> oh, the full name. <laughs> ditto ditto changes their name or i'm sorry ditto quest 11m changes their yeah. name uh seemingly every Quart- other episode or so <laughs> right yeah but it's always some <laughs> it's always ditto and m with some game subtitle in between love it love it there you go but uh, uh, Top Dog uh, in our live audience chat posted an emoji of me and then a bathtub and then a keyboard. And assuming this is a, 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 an external keyboard, I don't think those three things will go together well. If you want me to use the keyboard, Unless... bring it into the bath with me, man. Unless there's no water in there. Hold on, I mean, hold on, hold on. I might I... be saying, like, at least it wasn't a toaster. <laughs> I... Yeah, you don't brought... have to plug it in and take it in there. I brought you can a have a lot of fun with the keyboard not the plugged bathtub. in. You can, you can make it work. Uh, all right. I'll figure out a way. Yeah, just oh, get one goodness. of those like uh one of those bathtub uh like things that goes across the bathtub for putting snacks and like a, a glass of wine oh, yeah, or in my table. case a cup of coke. <laughs> but... There you go. Nice. 
PJ Bovia in the YouTube chat. I really, I, I appreciate that reference. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like a pimp name slick back. You got to say the full name. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Awesome. All right. Well, I believe with that, we've covered all the major headlines from today's news. But before we sign off, uh, Isla, where, gee, I wonder where we can find you at. <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you tell us? Um, yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. This has been a blast. I'm at Isla Hink on Twitter. There's a there's a hidden S and a hidden C in my name. Um, otherwise, yeah, at Easy Allies, check us out. We'll be covering E3 and stuff. It's gonna be fun. Are you gonna be reacting to every single stream that goes on? Or are you gonna Not skip a few? Every single one, but um, most of the most of the big ones. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's our plan too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think we've sat down and discussed which ones we're doing. I think we need to figure out, you know, times. They haven't given us t- full times right. yet. That'd be nice. Yeah, right. we're we're figuring PC gaming show unless they've announced in the last day or two that I missed. Like, probably gonna move because Microsoft was like, "No, nah, we're going then," and it's like, okay, the play right. date, play date, is like tomorrow or Thursday or something, yep. and I'm excited for that. I, I'm looking forward to that little weird thing. Oh, me too. We're uh, not reacting to it, but yeah, yeah I'm. I but we'll see. I need to see it in action. <laughs> I, I jumped into I, uh, I jumped into uh, Pop Agenda's DMs as soon as as soon as they announced that they were repping them. I'm like, hey, uh, just oh, cool. quick reminder. I chased the dude from uh, Panic down at PAX West and made him demo the playdate for me. So, uh, oh, you've seen one? one? <laughs> uh, yeah, I've played one. Um, oh, wow, cool. So at the last PAX West before the pandemic, Panic had a small booth for Untitled Goose Game, uh, mm-hmm. but their CEO was floating around there, and he let me take a look at uh, the play date, and it, it, there's a video up on GX about it from a long time ago now, but uh, yeah, I got to play it. They only had like two games for it at the time, but he gave an in-depth demo of how it worked. It is a really charming little device. It looks every bit as cool oh, in person as it does in I can't all wait. the press shots. <laughs> Same. I like nice. Teenage nice. Engineering stuff, too. I have a bunch of their synths, so... Nice. I'm looking forward to it. Match made in heaven. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> but also, we uh, should also give a special thanks to our patrons, uh, both big and small, and especially those at the producer tier, as this show simply just would not be possible without all of you. Thank you so much. But a extra, extra ma- massive thank you to our executive producers and above, and that includes Jared Edinger, Brandon Bovia, Rob Arman X, Itiono Ben, Dan and Twistle, Dennis J, Z Patty, Hyrule Hermit, Sky Blue Flames, Adam O'Sullivan, It's ATM, Octopuppet, Richard Herrera, Michael Phone, Echo Carol, The D Pad, Vesmio, Waffle King, Kitty Kong Fax, Angel Martinez, Vedron Hotik, 112, John, Joshua Hunter, Evernight Studio, Benny Yao, Emerald, Azran127, Ken Roulet09, Pangrama, Jake Pelka, Geller, Shiny Turkey, Joseph Rutkin, uh, Titus Malvolio, Charlie Bird, Geeky Griffin, Lucky Wonderfish, Top Dog23100, Young Ben Kenobi, Douglas Chomix, Doug Chomix, excuse me, Andrew Medeiros, RMM, Sakuragi, Becca, Rocks the Cat, Fizzy Wigoid, Critmonger, The Legend of Groose, Eddie B, Kai Ed, Kit Fisto, West Egg, Deneth, Coda, 
Michael McCall, Matthew Wong, Goron Amber, Straight Lace, Hooby, Wolf X Blake, Moon Macarons, Ascaron 1809, Kane, Captain Finlandia, 60 Minutes and 60 Seconds, Christopher Masterson, Spicy Pandotter, The Game Orb, Dano the Artist, Ravelox, Synchro Lord, Brainchild, Rosa Bowling. Hi, Mom. Kotar Peck, Scuff196, Skull Kid Tiger, AJB Cool, Blizzica, Jason Uloa, Jaden Buck, Phantom Project, Derek, Jeff Ed, Ray Clawson Jr., Nathan the Voice Actor, and Mega Conrad. Thank you all so, so much as we are getting closer and closer to 90 executive producers. Sorry, Ellie. Holy crap. We do have one final one uh, that just joined Hulkamaniac55. Hulkamaniac55. That is awesome. Yeah. Thank you very much. I believe Hulkamaniac was a producer prior to this. Thank you so much, Hulkamaniac. Very, very cool. Thank you all so much. And remember that you too can become a patron over at patreon.com slash gvgaming, where you can get access to our exclusive post show and ad free content for as little as $5 a month. Thank you all so much for watching. And if you like this video, be sure to subscribe to Good Vibes Gaming for more good times like these. So until next time, good night, good vibes. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.